The kids may be dismissed. All right. We have lots of things happening in church. Lots of announcements today. So um, if you guys want to just go ahead and pass the buckets now, that would be great. Um, Just a reminder about our prayer cards, praise cards. You can find those on the backs of your chair at the Welcome Center. Um, Again, we just want to know what God's doing in your life. And if you need prayer for something, we'd love to partner in prayer with you. Um, So please let us know. Fill out, a, fill out a form, talk to somebody after church. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. Moving on. Okay, the youth is going roller skating. Woo! Sunday, February 19th. That is next Sunday, right? Okay. Next Sunday, it does cost $8. It is at the Big Rapids Roller Rink from 2 to 5. If you need a ride, uh, you can meet at the library parking lot at 1 o'clock. Um, For more information on this or to get permission slips and sign up, please see the welcome table after church. Again, this is next Sunday. Bring a friend. Bring lots of friends. All right. Yes. So that's that's a good point. All right. Um, So some of you saw the baby bottles in the back. Sue, Sue already has one. Yeah, Sue's already got one. Look at her go. Yeah. Okay, so on the back table there, there are some baby bottles. Um, So what we are doing with those is we are going to be doing a bottle drive for the Insight Pregnancy Center in Fremont. Um, So you can pick up a bottle after church. If there are none left, you can go to the dollar store and buy one, or you can just donate money, uh, make out a check, whatever. But we are raising money uh, to help them. Um, and so you can fill your bottle with change, with cash, you can write a check, however you'd like to do that. Um, we will be collecting these back, uh, March 5th, so that's the, the first Sunday in March, um, those need to be back. There's some more info at the welcome table if you have questions about that. All right, ladies of influence tickets. All right. So Saturday, March 18th, we are having a women's conference. You, I'm sure, have heard about this in church. You have seen it on the WhatsApp. Um, But not everybody's gotten their ticket. So get on. Get your ticket. Um, It's going to be a really good day. Um, It is all day um, at Camp Henry in Nuevo, 9 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Any questions on how to do that, you can probably see Jordan over here. He'll help you help you uh, navigate that. So looking forward to that um, day for sure. All right, last Thursday we did a deep dive class. Um, I unfortunately was not a part of that, but there were several who, who were, and I heard it is really amazing. Um, so we're going to do that again this Thursday. It is online, so wherever you are at, you can tune in. If you are, um, so I was sitting at gymnastics last Thursday, which is why I was not on, but now I know that while I'm sitting there, I just need to plug in my little earbuds and, you know, I can still listen to what's going on. So if you are somewhere that you 
cannot maybe participate um, because you are out in, I don't know where you're at, working, whatever, yeah. Um, right, you're taking care of kids, I don't know. Um, you can just turn it on and listen to uh, what's going on. Um, that is at 7 o'clock. So this Thursday again at 7 o'clock. The link will be posted on the WhatsApp. So if you're not sure how to get on, just get on your WhatsApp and the link will be there. Okay, talk to Jordan about that too. Anything that you have questions about technology, he's your guy. Or Matt. I, fear, I, I hear he's pretty good with that too. So. Yeah, so Jordan. Okay. All right. Sarah has a message for us today, so she's going to come on up. encourage you in that. I encourage you to go into the deep dive. Like I said, you can have your picture on there and you can have your video going and I can see your beautiful face or Matt, whoever's teaching. Or you can just have an icon that says you're present. So if you're like, I don't want people to watch it, fine. I still want you to get the word. I still want you to have the extra. It doesn't matter. So if you're thinking, oh, I can't do this because I'm working, I really encourage you guys. We made it super simple. You don't have to show up. You don't have to get childcare. You don't have to do any of that. So you know what? We took all the excuses and we said, they're out the door. If you got an excuse, bring it to me. I'll, I will knock down every power and principality. Jade was on. Where's she? Come on. Oh, she's up here. Look at her. Now she went to the front row. See what happens? You get on the deep dive. Whoa. I'm already loud. Whew. When you get on there. No, I'm just teasing. You know, and, that, and if you don't have internet, that is harder and we, we understand. I, I live in the country, so... If, if you guys need it, we are starting to record them, too. If you're saying, we want to get on, we don't have internet, you can see Jordan. But we're not just handing it out. Like, that's like, I have, I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to hold my phone up. <laughs> we're not legalistic. The most important thing is I wanna, we want to have the word. We want to grow. That's what really matters. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, um, you know, and it was awesome. You know, the great thing about that is people's kids, little kids were excited in hearing the word in there. They were there during that, hearing that. How great is that? So um, I just have one thing. And um, this time we did it, there's a whole row back there. But I just want to make sure that um, I'm asking you guys not to take down the ropes just because when we have a big family coming at, at the end, we have someone to do ushering now. We're trying to get this going. So that way we can remove the ropes. Or if you say, hey, I have a big family, can you, can you move this? Because I don't want, like when we have one person move the rope and they sit in the middle and then I have a family that's standing in the back, like um, how do we do? It's just to help. So as we grow, we only have so much space here. We've got lots of seats. And sometimes after the ki kids leave, we have lots of seats. So I just want to encourage you guys in that just to help us out so that we know that everyone can get a seat, especially if we have first-time guests that come in right at the end. They're not going to be like, I'm going to walk up front. This guy looks like he's got a friendly face. I'm going to sit next to him. <laughs> right? That's the way it is. So, so but you guys are awesome. Um, let's Thank you. Um, let's pray. Let's get in it today because I'm going to talk about miracles, so it's good. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you've given us the ability to have ears to hear, that you have 
you know, chose to send your son to partner with us. So I, I just thank you, Lord, as we hear the word today, we know that we have good soil. That's where it goes. That's where it grows. So I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to talk about miracles that are bigger than a moment. Um, I think this is a long time coming I, because I think there's a lot of people watching us and they think, well, you prayed and that person got sicker. You believe for provision and it looked like lack. Why did this happen? So I'm going to talk about that because you know what? God is true. Our circumstances do not dictate how God moves. Amen. Right? So, so when we talk about miracles and signs and wonders, we wonder why, why, did, why isn't there more of that instantaneous? Like, I'm sick. I lay my hand on, healed. You go away. God does that, doesn't he? Yeah. He does that. Why, why isn't there more immediate restoration? Like, you know, he says, you know, your sins are forgiven. Go. Sin no more. Why doesn't that happen? Why don't we see that more of that instantaneous? We want it, right? It's in the Bible. It's good. But I'm talk- So we're going to talk about that. So we don't always see these instantaneous healings from depression or grief or pain or suffering or sickness or loss or lack. And it just goes on and on. Like, why is this? Why is this taking a long time? Why am I walking this out? I just want it now. I, am, I want to Veruca salt it. <laughs> right? When I don't feel good, I don't want to. I don't want to walk it out. I want to feel better. So I've experienced instantaneous healings, instantaneous answers, miracles, signs, and wonders that have been, you know, boom, right there. And I've also... Um, you know, walk things out. And walking out is that faith, that's trusting, believing God is who he says he is. So I want you to stay with me here. I know you're thinking, well, I, don't, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> you will. So just stay with me. If I wake up sick, say I go to bed, I wake up sick in the morning. And I say, you know, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. And I sit up and I'm 100% better. That's good. I receive it. That is a benefit to me, right? That's good. How many of you guys would like that? You don't have to take Tylenol. You don't have to wait a day. It's not no 24-hour bug. We're not, like, that's good. I, I like that. But I want to kind of dig in here and get this higher perspective because higher perspectives are kingdom perspectives, right? So as believers, we take up and carry our cross with Christ. In our purpose, when we come into the kingdom, when we say, Jesus, my life is no longer mine, it's yours, our purpose now on earth is to expand the kingdom and equip the saints. That's our job. Not just to receive miracles, signs, and wonders. That's not, we, we have that, but that is not, that's our blessing, our benefit to us, but we have a job. It is to expand the kingdom and equip the saints, which is our believers. So all of you, if you know Jesus, you are a saint. So if someone says, you ain't no saint, you're, yes, I am. <laughs> says in God's word. So if God does an instant miracle, healing, restoration, it helps me. You know, I benefit from it. It's, it's good. I want that. I'm going to, I'm never going to say, well, I'm done with that part. No, no, no. I want those things. Yet, if I allow 
God to walk me out in my faith, to help me apply it, to trust him, to persevere, it turns into a testimony. How do you get a testimony? You have to go through something, don't you? You cannot have a testimony with an instant miracle, really. I mean, it's a, a mini testimony for you, but if you look, the Bible's full of testimonies. Everybody got a testimony because something wasn't happening that they wanted to happen. Sarah, I'm old. I can't have children. Walk that testimony out. <laughs> you know? That is not a prophetic word. I'm just getting funny here. God is laughing, so you should hear him laugh in my head. It's hilarious. He's like, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's you. Um, But our testimony, that's why we're like, share your testimony. It's important. It's so important. Because in Revelations 12, it says, and they overcome and conquered him. They're talking about the enemy. Enemy coming after you say, you know, he's coming after my family. He's the one that causes sickness. He's the one that causes pain. He's the one that causes death. He's the one that causes death lack and it says they overcame and conquered him talking about that because of the blood of the lamb and because of the words of their testimony christ said i'm going to share the power with you and when you go through things you know and you come on the other side your testimony is actually going to expand the kingdom and equip the saints you are because christ said i live in you and i'm giving you the same power and authority that's really good because we didn't have to do all the things to get that same power and authority. So you see, you, you tend to see more of those instant healings, those, those big miracle things kind of happen when you're a new believer, right? Why is that? Because they need to see the power of Christ because they don't have the power of the Christ living on the inside of them a lot of times yet or they're just starting to experience it. And then, and then we have to pick up our cross, join the kingdom, which is a, doesn't just benefit us, but it benefits others. So when we first get saved, our salvation benefits us. When we start equipping and carrying our cross, cross with Christ, it benefits everyone we come in contact with. Your children... I want my children saved. I want my grandchildren. I want my great-grandchildren. I want my neighbors. You know, I want my friends. I want the people that I work with. It's a lot better to work with people who serve Christ than people who don't, right? (laughs) Come, I get some amens on that, right? If you have ever worked in a place that is demonized, because if it is not in Christ, there is only two ways it can be. You're either with him or against him. There is no, I'm just sitting here waiting for Jace to choose me. He already chose you. Yeah, I'm booming today. <laughs> Come on, I like it. Oh, man. I've, God gave me this, and it's funny because Layla comes up to me, says the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm literally teaching that tomorrow. She's like, oh, okay, that's good. Confirming the mouths of two or three witnesses, right? Because we need to start kingdom living, equipping, walking in faith so others come to salvation. That is our goal. If our goal is just salvation, how much better would it be to be like, I'm saved, I want to go to heaven right now. To know like, I could get saved and then just go to everything good, never experience pain, sickness, disease, lack, loss in my life. How many of us would choose that? Yeah. Why do we choose to stay here? Because we know that we have a call and we are to partner with Christ and it's not all about us. I know that's really hard to understand because our world is very 
self-focused. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, so we think God is not answering us or God is not following through, but I'm going to tell you what it says in Peter. It says, Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He's not slow in answering your prayers, but he will be patient so that you can have a testimony, so that not just you, but he wants none to perish. He doesn't want anybody. So he's saying, you think that you're not getting it in the timing. It's the perfect timing because you and everybody that you know down generationally is going to come to know Christ. That's better. That's better. God is not slow in keeping his promises. So walking out pain, walking out depression, sickness, grief, trials, all of that can actually benefit us. Now, in saying that, I know what the enemy's saying, like, God did this to me. God does not do that. God is good. Nothing that is evil comes from the Lord. He did not do it, but he says that he can turn all things for the good of those who love him. So even with the enemy has, has authority in areas on this earth, God's like, I didn't do that, but I can take that and turn it for good. So I wanted to say that. So, but these things can actually benefit us. God's like, all right, come on, let's go. Because he wants us all to experience repentance. He wants us all to experience the kingdom and the promises which are in there. You know, miracle stories over miracle moments increase faith in us. Having whole stories, that's what he's talking about, testimonies. It doesn't say by the blood of the lamb and the miracles that Jesus did are people you know, overcomers, does it? It says our testimonies. God chose from the beginning to partner with mankind, to have relationship with mankind, didn't he? We were created for that. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, and he said, that's what I want. So Hebrews 11.1, 1, this is the part we've got to increase our faith. You guys probably know this. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Prayed for healing. I feel sick. Prayed for provision. I'm rubbing two pennies together. (laughs) You know, okay. Okay, you know. And he's saying, hey, you can't see it. That's what faith is. You're believing even though you're still rubbing two pennies together. We used to watch a, a Christmas movie, Wonderful Life. He's like, you know, Papa Dollar, Mama Dollar, you better make some baby dollars real quick. <laughs> That's what we think. And we're thinking we're in lack, and God's like, let me show you my provision. So we get to see God's promises unfold. We get to experience God's comfort and peace. And do you know when you need peace? When you're in chaos. Do you know when you need comfort? When you're in pain, when you're grieving. You know, when I'm relaxing, sitting in the sun, you know, just enjoying my day, I don't want my husband to come up and give me a hug. I'm like, get out of my sunlight. I'll give you a hug later. But, you know, if I'm sad, I've had a bad day, I'm like, bring me a candy bar and a hug. I need comfort because, you know, I'm in lack in that moment. So God's like, I want you to walk that out because that's when you need it. That's how my power, my authority, my love is shown when you don't have peace and you're walking 
and I apply peace to your life. So it testifies, see testimony, testifies there is a God that, and that he is good. When bad things are happening and then all of a sudden it begins to change, faith is applies, it shows the goodness of God. It testifies to his goodness. Better yet, it creates a testimony not just for you. This is the part. It creates a testimony not just for you, but others can know the love of God. Others can cling to his promises because of your testimony. So others can ultimately see the power, the promises, the redemption of Christ and accept him and receive the Holy Spirit. We got to Get those blinders off and think it's about me. It's about my life, about my comfort, or how about how I feel, my healing, my restoration. Yes, that is important, but it goes beyond that. People that are living healthy go beyond that. And bad things are going to happen in a fallen world. That's just the way it is. Don't go putting God's name on it because you're mad. That's bad theology, like I said. Listen to the teachers of the world. They know. Unhelpful. Yet God, God was not even worried or concerned about people experiencing negative things. You see it all over the Bible. Lazarus dies. Jesus is like, it's okay. And, but he went and wept with them, even though he already knew, like, Lord, we're going to raise him. He wasn't worried about their negative feelings, their emotions. He's like, we're going to actually use what they're experiencing to glorify God. So he wasn't really worried about that. We're worried about like, oh no, our kids are sad. Well, sometimes they need to know how it feels. You know, sometimes God's heart is grieved and it's okay for your children to have a love for people that it grieves them when they see bad things happening. That's good that your children can see injustice and and pain in the world and grieve along with it. So it's okay. God wasn't really worried. He didn't want us to have to, you know, have stress and, and, and sorrow. But he said he wasn't worried about it. He created us to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. He's like, yep. He knew where he cast the enemy, didn't he? And then he says, I'm going to put my creation there. Think about that. He already knew the enemy was in the earth. And he's like, watch this watch this. And he sent us. He said, you're going to subdue the earth. You're going to have dominion over it. You can overcome evil with good because you know what? That's what I created you for. That's pretty good. He sent us there to basically rub it in the devil's devil's face over and over and over and over and over. (laughs) Why else? Otherwise, he could create a whole nother earth that was just for humans, right? That's amazing. He created us to be victors with Christ. He wanted to partner with us. That's good. When, someone, when you were in elementary school, now they probably don't do this anymore because someone's feelings might be hurt, but <laughs> like, gosh, what's wrong? Stop it. Okay, but like, you know, like you were excited when you got to partner with like your friends, right? You were excited when that, like when you had sport things and they picked you and they're like, oh my gosh, they want me to be on their team. But if it was dodgeball and you weren't fast, you were just there for the decoy. But... <laughs> You stand in front of the cone. <sighs> Us slow people. Um, <laughs> but do you see, like, it felt good when you're standing in that line. You're like, oh, my gosh, let them choose me. Don't let me be the last one. I remember praying, Lord, let me be anything but the last one. <laughs> 
you know, and I'm thinking God's like, you're always the first one. He picks us. He partners us. We're the first one. You know, he wants us to be facilitators in restoring people to him through his son, Jesus Christ. We get to facilitate that. Jesus did it on the cross. He's like, and now you get to take people and lead them right to me. He said, you have every ability to do that. I want you to be a partner with that. That's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) And he says, you can handle it. So when you look at the Bible in a whole, it's really just a collection of people's testimonies of the goodness of God. That's all it is. Enemy comes, God overcomes. Enemy comes, God overcomes. Enemy attacks, God overcomes. That's all it is. From the beginning to the end is reminding us that God is the overcomer. You know, he overcomes evil. He overcomes, you know, he brings in that power and authority to the kingdom, and we have that. So when we were singing, we, we had that song when we were worshiping, Back to Life. I love it, man. I, I probably listen to that maybe 20 or 30 times a week. A week. I can't, because I'm like, my heart was dead. My soul was dead. I didn't think about other people. I didn't think long term before I met Jesus. You know, I, I had hopelessness, and he, he breathed all of that back into me. But it says, in, there's a line in there, and it says, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, you are mine. And I thought, that's literally the whole Bible. The enemy keeps thinking, I got you, I got you, I got Jesus, I got you, Jesus, you on the cross. And God's like, watch this. <laughs> Hold the universe for a second. <laughs> Think about that. But the enemy thought. He had everyone scared. They're running. We're hiding up the room. Oh, no, they're coming for us. Just like, no, I'm coming. I'm coming with keys. And it's going to be real sad for the enemy. But look, all throughout the Bible, God is declaring to the enemy, you lose. Even if Satan thinks he is winning and we can, God is proclaiming through your testimony, you lose, you lose, you lose to the enemy. That's what he's saying. Satan's like, I got them. They're broken. They're hurt. They're, they're in grief. They're in loss. And God's like, you know what? Their testimony's coming. And as it comes, he's like, you lose again. You lose again. You lose again. You lose again. He never wins. You know he doesn't have wisdom because he keeps trying, even though God is always going to be victorious. But our testimony, every testimony we have reminds him of his fate. That's good. Every single testimony. That's why I say, share your testimony. Give your testimony. Talk about your testimony. Share it with your kids. Share it with your family. Share it with your church. Share it with everybody because your testimony is reminding the enemy. You can't have them. I've already, I've already proclaimed my family for Christ. You cannot have them, and I'm going to share my testimony. I'm going to take them back out of your hands, and I'm going to put them into the Lord's. That's what your testimony does. Do you understand that? It's not about you or what you get from coming here and sitting down and listening to church. It's not, about, it's not just for you. Your, your testimony is saying, devil, you're under my feet. Remember that? And that's where you're going to stay. You think you got my kids? I'm coming for you. Instead of, oh no, the devil's coming for me. You need to say, I am coming for you. 
You know what? You better watch out because I am coming with the authority of Christ for you. Remember how that worked out last time? Remind him with your testimony, you know what, whose you are. That's so good. You guys realize this is all about our identity? Whose we are? God's basically saying, watch this, I created them. They, their whole creation, I created them to overcome anything and everything, every lie, every sickness, every pain that you throw at them. I gave them to overcome and have victory. Yes. I mean, that's got to make the enemy mad. Because God's like, I created them in my image. Because that's what the enemy wanted. He wanted to be God. And God's like, well, I'm going to create billions and billions of people in my image who are all going to remind you that you're not. Hmm. And I look at, even if the only miracle, so if you're saying, well, I want to see signs and wonders and miracles, and it seems like I'm, I'm, it just seems like I'm losing battles, and even if the only miracle you ever experience is salvation, you are more than victorious. If that's the only one you ever, you ever see, the only one you ever experience, which I know that that's a lie, you might have blinders on and not, not see the miracles, signs, and wonders that God is doing because he's doing them all the time. But if that's the only one you ever experienced, you are already in victory. And that one's free and you don't have to do any work. So you can definitely receive that miracle right there. So I want to go back to like having those miracle moments compared to that miracle story. If I had a choice to save my own life, that's good, right? Like if you're like, oh man, I almost walked out in front of traffic, but I stepped back. That's good. I'm alive. I'm happy that. I'm thankful. I'm like, praise God that you gave me wisdom not to do that. Whatever it is, if I can save my, if I can, you know, make sure I don't die or perish, that's really good. But what if I had the ability to do that for a thousand if they're like, you know, you have the choice. Do you want, you can just save you or you can save everybody? How many people are be like, yeah, I'd like them all to die. Just, just me. It's all about me. But, I mean, when you put it that way, do we not do that? Oh, that was tough. Yeah. I'm going to be nice now. Um, <laughs> Well, I think we need to have the understanding is how much authority God gave us that he's like, I trust you. You need to trust me because I trust you with other people's eternity. Yeah. With parting with that. So how many of you guys have seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge? It's one of my favorite movies. So this is a true story. And in this movie, um, this man, he is a believer and he doesn't believe that you should ever take up arms. But he's like, God's called me to go to battle. To, to be in, you know, to go to war with, with America or with his troop. <laughs> Not with America, but like for America. I said that wrong. So he, this is a true story and they didn't want him. They thought he was crazy. Like who doesn't pick up a gun and you're going to go to like the front lines without a weapon. Good luck. You're going to last five minutes. But he's like, I know that God has called me to do this. So everyone, I mean, he was put in, in jail because he wouldn't do that. He was beat up. He was persecuted because he wouldn't do that. And in this movie, he was a medic and 
they, there's this battle scene where they were basically overcome by the enemy and um, they retreated, but he didn't. He saw one and he said, God, one more, one more. And nobody's up there, just him. And he's crawling around getting people. And he saved 75 men that day. Because he kept going, God, one more. Thank you for saving. God did a miracle. He, without a weapon, was spared when these people that had weapons and, and had you know, t- tons of training to fight, they were perishing beside him and he had no weapon. And God's like, there's a miracle, I saved you. Because you think 75 people. No, that's 75 generations of families. And that's a true story and he did that. And God was glorified because they're like, this guy that, that was professing God we all retreated, we all went and we were scared and he without anything continued, continued, continued through the night and saved family line after family line. And when he came down, he glorified God. How much better. His life, he could have went home and said, God spared my life and I get to be with my kids and I get to raise my family. But instead he said, how much better. Now 75 men get to go home and their lives were spared, and they get to proclaim that God sent him to spare my life, to save me from this battlefield, and now I have a generational line. That's amazing. (laughs) Not just him. He saw miracles, and they saw miracles. When they saw him coming, when everyone else retreated, and you're, you're wounded, and you can't do anything, and you see someone coming for you, that's a miracle. When you start seeing stuff like that, you start praying. And it just, I just think 75, and that's a real story. That's not just a movie. That happened. That was real. He could have been happy. He could have been thankful. God, you spared my life, went home. But he chose. He chose to say, I, God called me to kingdom, and I'm to spread the gospel. And he did that through caring for people. And you know what? Even the people that didn't even know God, they had to, they had to look it right in the face like there's no way. There's no way. And he's like, there is a way. His name is Jesus. That's so good. If you haven't watched that movie, get it, watch it. You will be overcome with the emotion of how good God is, that he would, he's not going to leave you. He sent others to come alongside. So God was really glorified through that man's testimony. They made it into a movie. How many people heard the gospel of the Lord because they went to the movie theater? Right there. How many families those men went home and said, everyone else abandoned me, but this man came and he prayed with me and he said, it's going to be okay and God is with us. And I'm home to you because that, look at that, that's amazing. His testimony that no matter what you throw at me, God is going to be with me. How much better? What if our testimonies could save nations or generations? What if we were an Esther that an entire generation was, an entire nation was not wiped out because we chose to say, yes, it's not just about me. And she had to go and say, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to stand for every single Jew. Right? Even Jonah, he kind of was a little like, "Mm," you know. But a whole, you know what, He, he finally, God's like, you going to do it or not? You know, how big of a testimony you want? Like, we going to do a minnow or we going to do a whale? What are we going to do? Um, <laughs> he chose the whale. Uh, 
But Nineveh, this thing where they're like, oh, they're never going to know the Lord. They're never going to know the Lord. And then they get there. He says one thing to them. He doesn't even really want them to. He's like, they're going to not do it, God. And God's like, huh? And they're like, yes, we all want Jesus. We all want God, you know? That's good. But we, can, we have part in that. You know, some of us are going to be, you know, generation changers for our families. We're going to change nations. We're going to change towns. We're going to change mindsets. We're going to, all of these things. Because we're the same as that one man, or Esther, or this one other, you know, things, history changed because of that. And God's like, I've given you that same authority. It doesn't matter that you're sitting in Hesperia that has, you know, 942 people in the village limits. It doesn't matter. God's like, if, he want, if, if you submit to him, you can be a world changer. You can have people that you've never met who are going to run up to you when you get to heaven and be like, because you did this, because you did this, I know I'm here. I know Jesus. Hmm. What, if what, if us, what if us going through pain to victory could change that generation, that town, that family, that nation, that situation? You know, when mothers, if you're a mom and you've carried children, it doesn't always feel good, does it? They have parties while they're on the inside. And they're usually two or three in the morning. You eat something, you're like, this tastes so good. And they're like, no, I don't like it. And they start throwing a temper tantrum in there. Then they're, they're like, okay, it's time for you to come on the outside. And they're like, no, I'm not coming out. You know? I mean, we go through that pain, right? And we're happy to do that. What if pain can come to victory for, for others? So I'm... So a couple years ago, I was very, very, very sick. Nothing was helping, no medicine, ER visits, doctors, nothing. I was getting sicker and sicker. I was dying. My family was watching, my di- watching me die in severe pain, losing my mind, everything. I was very sick, and my family is watching me die. You know, my daughter, she's like, yeah, I used to, she called you and said, my mom's dying, and I don't know what to do. They're watching this. My neighbor would message me and say, how are you feeling? I said, I feel like I want to be on the other side of heaven right now. <laughs> be honest. There was times that I had nothing in my mind, and then I just remember, I'm just going to say, Jesus. Jesus. And I'm like, if I die, I'm okay. Like, that would be better in this moment for me. <laughs> and I was so sick, and I'm thinking, why am I so sick? And I'm going through, and this is, it would have been great to have instant healing in that season. It, it, that would have been wonderful. But my friends, my family, the church, doctors, strangers called me during this time and I was able to say, Jesus, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm going, God is with me. And it was the craziest things because I had the CDC. They were calling my house and God's like, tell them about Jesus. I'm like, I don't know anything. And I'm praying with people. My doctor calls me. Didn't even know. She, she saw a chart that came into the ER. She calls me. And she says, 
The enemy wants you, and you cannot leave. God has a plan for you. My doctor calls me. So I was like, and I'm like, Lord, please let me die. No, I'm, I'm in this, like, I'm so sick that I'm like, I want to be in heaven. I know my family's saved. Let me go. Let, for me, that would be great. And God's like, I'm going to send the world, and they're going to tell you no. Then I'm going to send the church, and they're going to tell you no. So I got to a point, I was so sick, and nothing was helping. I'd lost 21 pounds in eight days. I hadn't eaten. I hadn't drinking in over three days. And Matt, I didn't know how sick I John, you did give me a good piece of advice. That when I started getting better, John came to me. He said, Sarah, you're not going to realize for probably years how sick you were. I didn't because I just was like, I'm feeling better. But Matt called on the church, and he was, I remember seeing him in tears, and he's like, I need the church. My wife is dying. I need you to be here. And you guys came and started praying, and we saw a miracle. Yes. I, within the hour I was eating, I was sitting up. Like, God showed up. God moves in so many ways in that miracle story. That was 18 days I was in that situation. It would have been great to experience it on day one. But how many people that had called, that God sent to call, got, that showed up, that this story has went, it went to, there's, if I could tell you the nations that people have brought that story to, that people have heard, I look, 18 days. It would have been great for day one for me. It would have been good. I'd have been like, "That's a miracle, God. Thank you." Maybe my family would have been like, oh, "I'm so glad that you didn't get really sick." I'm so, you know what I mean? That would have been great for this little teeny group of people. But God said, <laughs> "Enemy, we're going to remind you. We're going to remind you what your fate is." And I looked. My family, the next generation, the church got to see God heal and restore. They got to see the miracle, wonder working of God. They, they got to partner in prayer and be part of a miracle restoration. There was no medicine. I, you know what's funny? They, I went to the ER one time, and I, was, I just remember saying, Jesus, Jesus, I'm so sick. And I come in, the doctor looks at me. He's like, you're the sickest person I've seen. He's like, you should be in the hospital. And then he just kind of looks. And I'm like, I'm just... And he goes to the nurse, he's like, put her in the wheelchair, wheel her outside. I think that God spared my life because the hospital's doctors were not getting the glory. God got all the glory because no intervention, no one can say, well, they did this and this is why you got better. (laughs) And Matt shows up and I'm in the wheelchair. (laughs) You remember that? We're like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) They did let him in when I fell out of the wheelchair, but... Well, Matt just came through the doors, and they got mad, and he's like, you just let my wife fall off a wheelchair because she passed out. <laughs> Get her. I mean, like, it was, God did not allow any medical intervention. That's weird, isn't it? But I think God also glorified in that, didn't he? Because nobody can take anything, and you say, that's a miracle, because you know what? No medicine, no treatment, nothing did what God did. That testimony was shared and shared, and I share all the time because I, I am thankful. I am here. I'm going to get to see, you know, that next generation, you know, in my own family. That miracle coming, that story lasted 18 days. I would have loved that miracle moment about day four. 
I was like, can we have a miracle moment? Can, Lord, can we just take Hebrews 11.1 1 and just for a little bit? I don't want faith. I don't want, I just want a miracle, okay? I don't want to, I don't, I trust you. I love you, okay? I promise. Just give it to me now. That's what I wanted in that moment. But God reminded me, what if I don't? And I said, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to praise you. And because it took 18 days, doctors, health officials, generations, families saw the power of God and, and restoration on my life, and many lives were affected and not just mine. I said, not just me. Because when we give our life to the Lord, we say, not just me. Amen. When they call me, they said, we haven't had anybody that's had every single symptom that there is. They're like, that's impossible. And they said, well, because they're like, they're going through the list. They're like, there's no way. Every single symptom. Why? And I was like, I'm asking the Lord the same thing. <laughs> because God was saying, you know what? You, you call on my name. I'm going to use you. People are going to be saved because of it. 18 days. Was it worth it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Would I do it again? I wouldn't want to, but if it meant God be glorified and the kingdom expanded and generations changed, then yes, I would. We immediately, you say, would you lay your life down for your children? Yes, you know, we would. Well, guess what? Would you lay your life down for your family? We say yes. Well, we're in a kingdom and we are a family. In humanity, God says, "Those those are your brothers and sisters that have yet to be adopted into the kingdom. Go get them. Go get them. They are your brothers and sisters, and you don't leave them, and you don't forsake them, and you don't say, well, you know what? My family's good, so anyone else, I don't care what they go through. God's saying, you know, you're part of the kingdom now. We work together. You get the 18 days. I, you know, sometimes I try to put a slip in and say, Lord, can I have like the three-day things? <laughs> can I, you know, slave away, you know, ministering in Hawaii? <laughs> He's like, you pulled Michigan, <laughs> you pulled sickness, <laughs> you pulled these things at the enemy. He, he comes at me and he, he, the enemy did it. The enemy did it because he wanted to see. The enemy's like, I'm going to kill you. And then if I kill you, you can't spread the gospel. And I thought, you kill me, that gospel's going to go 10 times further. The enemy's like, I'm backing up. Because if I kill you, this is even going to be worse. <laughs> because, you know, he came to me, he said, I'm going to kill you. I said, you can't kill me because I will give it up to the Lord. I will give up my spirit to the Lord before you can do anything. So I'm in my room, like, it probably was scarier to my children because I am, like, speaking to the, I'm, I'm praying, I'm shouting out, and I'm crying, for, like, they're just like, it seems a little crazy, you're locked in a room by yourself, screaming. But see, that's what we have to realize, when the enemy comes, oh, you're going to kill me, I'm like, you're not going to kill me, because even if I die, I'm giving it to the Lord. You cannot kill me. The enemy cannot. He has no authority, because I already gave my life to the Lord. No matter what he throws at me, I already have victory. I already have victory. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. Because God's ways are higher. Do we, we have to have the understanding that God's ways are higher than our ways. We think, we think really in the box. Sometimes we get a little bit out of the box. We're sitting on the, the edge. But God's ways are higher. There isn't even in a box at all. There's no box. That's why he's God and we're not. He went for all humanity, not just a region, not just a nation, not just a family. 
He went for all humanity, for all generations. And the thing is, we share that mindset now. If Christ is in us, we share that mindset. We should be hungry to see all humanity. Even the ones that are acting the worst, that are making bad choices, that are submitting to the enemy, we still can have a love for them. You might say, they're not going to be my best friend, but I'm still going to pray labors come into their path. I'm still going to pray that they get a touch of God in their life. The goal is that our heart, we have the heart of Christ because he gave it to us, is to come into the kingdom through the blood of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus. You're saved, you've come in through the blood of Jesus. You know, I'm thankful, you know, when you read the Bible stories. We learn Bible stories as kids. Why? Because we're setting the foundation of God's character and who he is and what he's asking of us. I am glad for Abraham and Sarah's testimony and Joseph's testimony and Gideon's testimony and Elijah and Elisha's testimony. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Esther did what she did and, and, and Daniel went through what he did, you know, and Joshua and David and Mary and Paul and Peter and, of course, Jesus. I am thankful for their testimony, right? I have used every single one of them to be like, God, you did this for them. I need it right now. You said, you promised, I needed that testimony because you know what, I, can't, I need to overcome what's going on and you said by the testimony, I'm going to take their testimony and I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it in the enemy's face and I'm going to say, ha, 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 you can't be here. You can't do this. You don't have the victory. Man, I just felt like a little like, thug life coming. I don't know what happened right there. Boom. Their pain actually opened a place for God's victory and love to expand to other, other nations, other generations. And I want to remind you, God did not do that. God does not do evil things. But he said, I'm going to use your pain. I'm going to use your pain to bring victory. I'm going to use your pain to, ex- to expand the kingdom. And I'm going to be glorified. And people are going to see the goodness of God. You know, they say, you know, when you have a lot of debt, how much more when you have, if you owe someone a dollar, and they say, oh, don't worry about it. It's not, a, you're like, okay, you know, that's a dollar. You owe someone $100,000 and they say, oh, don't worry about it. How much more thankful are you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a big deal, right? Well, it's kind of the same thing with that. We've went through all of these things and, and when we have a lot to be forgiven for, we're more thankful. And people that have walked through these things, we, people are like, wow, God did that. God didn't just cover a dollar, <laughs> He covers the $100,000 debt. He covers the debt of death. And when we realize that, it's like, oh, I had to, the enemy attacked me and I went through this for this season. It's like, that's nothing compared to, the, to what God did and, and covered that, that debt of death. So when we're walking and carrying the cross, carrying the cross was not this little cross and you're walking, I got my cross carrying it. Did you see it? So pretty. These crosses were big. A person was put on it. When it's talking about carrying your cross, these are not blow-up crosses. You know, this is not the way it is. You know, you're talking. I don't even know how you could physically carry that. And so we all as Christians got my cross. No, no, no. You got your cross. Like, oh my gosh, I got my cross. I'm carrying the weight with Christ.
creating a testimony out of trauma, God's good at that. He's not scared. He's not like, oh no, these really bad things happen. They're never going to love me. They're never going to serve me. He's like, oh man, they have so much more reason, you know, to, you know, use the power and authority I've given them. Because a miracle story does more than those miracle moments. You know, I look at, in the Bible, there's miracle moments and, you know, this person was delivered. And, you know, Peter, he got his ear back even though he was like, ah, you know, like, don't do this. And Jesus is like, it's okay, you know. Or, no, when he cut the ear. The, not, when Peter cut the ear of the, the soldier. And Peter's like, no, don't, you can't take him. And, and Jesus still went to the soldier and was like, okay, let's just keep going on, okay? Those things, you just hear about that. Um, I misspoke how I said that, but um, the soldier, just so you know, the soldier, when he cut the soldier's ear, you know, you have those little miracles like, whoa, like, that's cool. Um, <laughs> think, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you have the person that's like, oh, I couldn't walk and now I can. That's good for me. But then he said, oh, your sins, you know, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> well, that's big because now I'm going to go out and I'm going to proclaim, hey, this man came and you know what? I was able to walk. I had that miracle moment. But the biggest miracle was he forgave my sins. And he can do that for you. And, I, and that's what we need to do. We need to be thankful. When we see miracles, we need to talk about them. Yeah. We need to share. When we walk through miracles and, and signs and wonders and these things that we're walking through with our testimony, we need to talk about them. Mm-hmm. We're so scared to let people know that God is good. What is someone going to think about me when I share that God did this for me? We're going to think, awesome! I want God to do that for me too. We're not going to be up there like, oh, can't believe God healed you can't believe God blessed you. <sighs> he did that for you. Shh. That's what we need to share. You know what? I've been in this for six years. Great, because the next person might be going through it for a decade. And they need to know that God is still there year after year, that he is still working that out, that God is still good. Victory in life for all is so much better than being that lone victor. <laughs> when you win something, you want people to come up and celebrate with you. If you win something when you're by myself, I'm a call mad. That was funny. Um, <laughs> this is not a big deal. So one, so many years ago, I was like, I'm going to run a 5K. And God's like, well, you run ugly, so we're going to have to blind people. To, I don't know. I do run ugly. It's like slow motion. Um, and so, but I trained. I thought God, and and God had me do it because he was training something in my mind about being committed. So he's like, are you going to do this? I'm like, are you sure? I'm not really built for that. I'm more built for like hanging out, looking pretty. And, you know, God's like, I want you to do this. So so I'm training, I'm training like, and I'm like, Lord, you know I'm not built for that. God's like, you're built for whatever I say you're built for. So I do this, and I win third place in my age group. I was like, so excited, and I get to the finish line, and I'm I'm not like this. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that's like a real like thing. I'm like, they're like, you got a medal. I'm like, let me stand up. Took me a while. (laughs) They're trying to give me water. I'm like, no breath first. I need breath. (laughs) 
But when I got there, like, because earlier I told me, oh, it's not a big deal. You don't have to be there. So when you say that to a man, they think it's not a big deal. You don't need to be there. What is a woman saying? Please come. There you, all you men said, thank you. I gave you a tip. When they say it's not a big deal, you don't need to come or you don't need to do that, you better do it right now. So when I got there, but like no one was there for me, and I was like, I'm riding home with this medal. And I'm like, it's so sad. Like, you understand how hard I tried this. And like, I got a medal for running. Like, that's a miracle. Like, that's a miracle right there. You would have got to see a miracle if you came. I lived. I mean, almost had to raise me from the dead, but I made it. And it wasn't his fault. That's my fault because what I said. But I look and think how much more fun that moment would have been if people would have been like, oh, my gosh, you did that. I did not believe in you, but you did. <laughs> I did. It came home. I was, like, crying. I want a medal. <laughs> you know, because that lone victor doesn't feel as good. It doesn't feel as good. And that's what God's saying in the kingdom. He said, not just for you, but for everybody. Our lives are a testimony to the miracles and wonders of God. We need to share them. We need to live them. We need to walk them out. We need to remind the enemy, you don't win. Amen. We need to remind him, you don't win. And when someone else is like, the enemy's winning in my life, you need to walk up to them and remind them, hey, the enemy's not going to win. And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, mm-mm-mm. I will hold your hand, my hand over your mouth because you know you're not say, speaking that. Right now, you're down. You need some faith. I'm going to pour some of mine out for you. See, that's why we need the kingdom. <laughs> because sometimes our faith is low, and we need someone to come up and be like, whoo, I'm going to fill you up to overflowing because I've been built up. And then when, you're, when they are low, then someone else, do you see why God's like, the kingdom is so important. It's not just about you. Salvation, you received now what are you going to do with it? Now it's time to equip. Let's have not just miracles, but miracle stories that continue and grow. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you so good. You're so good. Every good 